Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Bliss Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Welcome, guys, to the Great Iron Blitz, episode 420 in the house. Uh, your host, Oscar Lopez. We're going to be having a great show today. Two awesome guests in the first hour. Then in the second hour, we're diving into everything women's football in terms of international, uh, Women's Football Alliance, Women's National Football Conference, FX Mexico, Liga Elite Monterrey. We're also going to dive into Sweden and that snowball game that, uh, that happened this weekend. And then we're going to kind of preview week two of the WFA key games. Uh, plus, we're going to dive into week, uh, week three of the uh, WNFC. So there's a lot to talk about for the first uh, t- two hours. But in the first hour, we're going to have a great show. Uh, we are going to have Bree Quintana of the X-League Denver Rush, former LFL Denver Dream superstar. She'll be here in about uh, 15 minutes, and we're going to dive into her career. Uh, also, a former WFA uh, player with the uh, um, uh, Rocky Mountain Thundercats, which I wasn't aware of, but uh, did my research right there. So we'll be talking to Bree about the upcoming 2022 X-League kickoff here in about uh, 60 days. And then we're going to dive into the 2021 uh, Game Changer Award winner, and that is the current quarterback of the Mississippi Lady Panthers. That would be Regina Jackson as she's get, she gets ready for the uh, Nine Cup Champions. Uh, she's going to buy this week, and then they're going to go right into uh, checking out the Texas Elite Spartans for the first time in 2022. So we'll dive into her, talk about the this past week two matchup. Uh, didn't go as planned for them. But uh, looking forward to the clash against the uh, Texas Elite Spartans after the bye week. So she'll be in here in about uh, 40 minutes or so. And then we're going to dive in, like I said, everything women's football in the second hour. Terry Lister will be here breaking it down. The backseat coach, Mark Simone, will be here to break it down with myself. Unfortunately, we will not have the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, in the house and, I don't, and Nate Ward. But we will uh, basically get it rolling. Second hour is going to be all, all awesome. So if you guys haven't gone to the Hub, go to the Hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. That is the place to be. That is the best resource on the planet. It is supplied by some of the most passionate uh, people that love women's American football uh, insights. Uh, They give us still photos, links, stories, everything else. Anything you want to dive into women's American football, it's right there, 11s, 8s, 7s, indoor, outdoor. We got it covered for you. So the best network on the planet exists at the hub at facebook.com for subscribe. So don't forget to check it out weekly. And also don't forget to subscribe on our Apple podcast, over 400 episodes the, on Apple, uh, also on iHeart and on Spotify. Uh, thanks to uh, the talented uh, Molly Richardson coming here in, uh, last week with the 419 episode, including uh, Jim Wallen with Sportet TV. We also had 418, if you missed it, right there. Brian Sweeney getting us ready for the road to Canton as well. Then we're, we're going to be going into the uh, 417, which was the talented uh, uh, De- uh, Deanna R- Rangel of the LA Legends, and also uh, Ricky Jimenez uh, 
coach Ricky Jimenez of the Iowa Phoenix. So check it out, over uh, 400 episodes there. And if you want to go back and replay a lot of them, they're right there for you to do it. So recap the 2022 season starting from January up to now. Check it out on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. All right. Um, what a weekend for the uh, WFA. Let's start right there. And, and we're going to dive into the WFA more and more in depth in the second hour. But uh, really impressive weekend here. The game of the week uh, didn't transpire as, as we thought it would transpire between uh, the Detroit uh, Venom and the Pittsburgh Passion. Uh, Passion after two-year layoff, uh, they obviously put uh, coming in strong here, uh, 27 to eight. You can catch that game on FTF Sports uh, if you have it on Roku. You can get it on pretty much any any uh, platform. Uh, so you can check it out right there. We also have a story right there at the hub from the uh, Tribe Live, which is the local paper in Pittsburgh. Um, basically, get a recap of the game. So uh, impressive victory. Uh, as the Pittsburgh Passion returned to the WFA in the Pro Division. So that was really awesome. The other matchups uh, were 42-8. to That was an impressive victory by Houston Energy, taking on Dallas Elite Mustangs. Dallas Elite in the Pro Division, Houston in the Division Two rank of everything. Um, it just goes to show that this uh, Houston team, always playoff ready almost every, every season for the last four seasons. Uh, no different here in Week 1. They just put a routing on Dallas Elite Mustangs, and Dallas really needs to wake up. The last two years, they have not been elite at all. So it's a matter of getting it done right. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in Dallas in this uh, pro division, which is a lot tougher division than they were last year. So, you know, heads up in Dallas, you got to kind of like step your game up, as they would say. Um, so Houston, uh, Houston Energy really putting the uh, statement in week one uh, as they get the victory uh, on the road. Uh, against the Dallas Elite Mustangs. Uh, Minnesota, just uh, no different. Uh, we talked to uh, Coach Jimenez here in, uh, in the podcast here a, a couple weeks ago. He was trying to get ready for the Vixen. Unfortunately, it's not the case. They get a 55-0 burner uh, from Minnesota. Minnesota's so tough. Last year, so impressive. Uh, went to the, uh, to the actual uh, road to Canton, which is finishing up in Canton for the national championship against the Boston Renegades. And it just looks right now that they are set to return there. So week one against Iowa. Iowa, obviously, a Division three, uh, One step to Canton. So nothing to be shamed about here. So their schedule is going to be more, uh, more in line with their division in the next couple weeks. So I know Coach Jimenez is going to get those uh, Phoenix ready for it. Uh, Minnesota, like I said, just a stout performance week one. There it is. Uh, Dixie Blues, uh, take care of North Carolina. So uh, shout out to Dixie Blues up there. Start off their season 30 to 12 right there. Uh, the Crush, brand new Crush, taking down Kern County, kind of surprised for me right there, 12 to 7. Uh, Nebraska uh, uh, gets routed by Mile High Blaze, 38 to 7. And Mile High, uh, really impressive right there against a brand new team, Nebraska, obviously working its kinks out. Mile High will be tested this coming week against the D2 champions, uh, the Nevada Storm. Coming into town, they're going to be that. That's going to be a rematch of the playoffs of the 2021 playoffs. So it's looking forward to the Nevada Storm taking on the Monahawk Blaze in the WFA. Uh, the knockout uh, also impressive as they uh, get a 27 to six victory against Har- Harrisburg Havoc right there. Uh, Wolves uh, return to action to the WFA and they get a shutout, uh, 18 to zero shutout as they take down the Maine Mayhem. 
on on the road as well. Connecticut, uh, it's 14-0 against the uh, North Connecticut Nightmare. The OKC Lady uh, Force, 12-2, only allowed a safety uh, against the Houston Power, so awesome job by them. The Pioneers, uh, uh, Edge, Oregon, Cougars, who were in the WTFL, I believe, last season. So there it is. And then we talked about Pittsburgh, uh, 27-8 over, Ven- over the Detroit Venom. Get the recap right there by Tribe Life Sports as well. You can also go and watch the game on FTX for the fans uh, network. I should be uploaded on the WFA YouTube channel, I believe, by the end of the week. So you're able to rewatch the Pittsburgh Passions uh, return to WFA action against the Detroit Venom, 27-8. to uh, the Shockwave, uh, shout out Seattle, 20-0. to zero. Carolina put a 60-burger almost on Richmond. That was a really fast-paced game, 59-33. Both teams pretty much high-scoring to kick off the season. Uh, the Rocky Mountain Thundercats, 36-23. Sun City Stealth against them. So Rocky Mountain right there, and Sun, Sun City Stealth no different than Carolina and Richmond. Just coming right off the blocks with some high-scoring action right there. So really, really awesome. And then the return of the St. Louis Slam, 14-6 to against the Columbus Chaos. So that was an impressive victory for the return of St. Louis. Not in style in terms of the score, but they do get the win. So that's the most important thing out of everything. Uh, Zydeco, 32-6 to over Gold Coast. And then it was the, um, the East Tennessee Valkyrie uh, edging Virginia Lady Firehawks, 8-0 to right there on the scoreboard. I don't think I missed anybody, but... Uh, Alcast taking uh, taking down the uh, Cruces Regulators, 52 to 8. So it looks like they're uh, back in form and looking to return to Canton uh, as they were the finalists against Derby City. Uh, the one shocker I think out of all the the games this weekend was probably Capital City Savages. Shout out, shout out to the Savages, 30 to 8, taking down uh, Derby City Dynamite, D3 champions last year. Uh, and so 30-8, uh, that was a shocker for all of us when we saw that scoring. I thought it was maybe an error. But shout-out to Capital City for doing the doing their thing. They go 1-0 on the season. Uh, Derby uh, has to kind of, like, regroup here, 1-0-1 at this point. Uh, the other matchups were Baltimore uh, getting routed 67-6 to uh, with uh, D. Scott returning from injury. D.C. Divas just not missing a beat. And you could catch it right there at DC Divas Football on the Facebook Live. That's the, there's the replay from the St. James. So check it out, 67 to six. Also Arlington, 40 to six against Austin Outlaws. Impressive uh, debut for the Arlington Impact, uh, looking to make a a difference and an impact also in the WFA Pro Division. So Im- important set there. So we're we're going to dive into WFA in the second hour with Terry Lister dive in uh, with uh, the backseat coach, Mark Simone, as well. So some of the scores right there from the WFA Week 1 weekend uh, roll down. So if you guys want to get the lowdown on all the scores, uh, you can go to the WFA website right there, wfaprofootball.com, or you can also go to hostessports.com and go to the WFA tab, and you'll get all the um, the excitement there of the eight weeks of action plus the scores and everything that's happened. So 22 games in Week 1 in the, in the Women's Football Alliance. Uh, so we have some of that, uh, some of that stuff coverage at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Cronary Beauties. So we're looking forward to that uh, and see what the next week is going to come up. So we'll talk about that in the second hour. Uh, so if you guys haven't gone to uh, Monkey Knife Fight, make sure you go to Monkey Knife Fight. That's our uh, podcast sponsor. That's how we keep the, uh, the podcast alive here. 
Uh, thanks to them for helping us out. Go to Mikey Knife Fight. If you play, it's a more or less platform. It's an easy prop platform. So you can play NBA playoffs right now. You can play NHL. You can play MMA on the weekends. You can play PGA. Uh, whatever you're liking, you get a $5 free play on us. You can use the code NJF. NJF your code to get started today at monkeyknife5.com. All right. Uh, we should have Breek uh, uh, Quintana here in a couple minutes. Uh, she should be on her on her way right here. Um, so if you guys haven't checked out our YouTube channel, you guys can go to YouTube channel as well um, and check out our stuff. I've shared videos out there on our YouTube channel as well. So uh, it's youtube.com for size for different beauties. Go, always go to our Twitter feed as well for any uh, updates, uh, including uh, the week weekend that happened this week. Um, at the Hub, if you're interested, we have live coverage at the Hub of everything that happened in Liga Elite Monterey uh, Week 5. All the games uh, live right there, live streamed uh, of everything that's happened there. Thanks to uh, Liga Elite Monterey for partnering with us and bringing attention to their amazing league in Mexico. Um, so check it out right there at the Hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Um, that is the place to be. So check it out. And then uh, we're going to be looking forward to X-League, WFL Mexico as well. Also LFM Mexico, some of the action that's going to happen in the seven-on-seven setups down in Mexico. Um, so very interested to see how that's going to turn out um, for this coming up weekend. It's going to be probably in May or June. So it's really, really awesome at that point. All right. So we're going to go into the uh, the interview. I uh, should be having Bree uh, Quintana here calling in a couple minutes here. And uh, she is getting ready for uh, her season with the Denver Rush, the X-League uh, new Denver Rush, formerly the LFL um, Denver um, Dream. And so um, looking forward to see how she's going to um, work out in terms of the season. I know she had the injury back in, I believe, 2018, uh, ankle injury that was very severe. So um, I think it's uh, hopefully she's recovered from that. And it looks like she has. And uh, she's doing, I think, personal training as well. So we'll, we're going to dive into her and kind of talk about it at this point. Um, and see how she's doing in getting prepared for the season. Uh, and she's interested to see that the uniform unveils for the rush is um, is out now. Um, I was on I was on Twitter, I believe. That's when we had we had the uh, call out, and it's going to be a, an option of jersey, or it's going to be an option of it'll be an option of I believe a uh, just a regular a top a full top jersey as well. So. Uh, find out from her uh, what the preferences or what the uniforms are going to be, whether it be a road uniform, whether it's going to be a home uniform it's going to be that way or, or anything like that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, um, you know, the whole uniform in terms of the X-League unveil. They unveiled the first uniforms at the beginning of the season with the full padded mentality. Uh, we talked to Lindsey Cash about it and see how that's going to turn out. So uh, we're going to the huddle right now, and we're going to be talking to the talented um, – uh, Bree Quintana. It's the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't forget, go to monkeyknifefight.com, use the code NJF, and get a $5 free play. You can play NBA playoffs, you can play NHL, MMA. So check it out, Monkey Knife Fight, use the code NJF. Let's bring in the talented Bree Quintana of the 
2022 Denver Rush of the X League. Hi, Bree. How you doing? Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Excited. Awesome. Thanks for making the time for us. I uh, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Bree, uh, let's talk about a little bit about all the changes uh, in the last year here. Uh, LFL no more, then we were supposed to go to X League, and then COVID, and then all of a sudden now we're revamped to go to, uh, I think, June, starting off in June. So uh, let's go with COVID. How, how was your COVID uh, state of mind, in other words, with no, uh, no LFL and no sports? Yeah, um, so it it honestly sucked because, you know, um, all the players uh, in the league were looking forward to playing, um, and we were getting prepared for that. We were, you know, coming to practice, and then, you know, COVID hit, and, you know, all of a sudden we can't, we can't even, you know, practice together. We can't even be out um, practicing with each other and um, just getting ready for football. So it, it definitely was a big downer. Yeah, and I know it's, it's kind of a transition for everybody, right, to get used to in some senses, uh, kind of like a heightened germaphobe type mentality where it's like you're just isolated and so much downtime. What do you do, right? And then getting ready, getting used to Zoom and getting used right. to video conferencing. And, I mean, it, it was just like going back to school in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So how did you manage your uh, family lifestyle, as I say, your family, yourself, and keeping yourself fit and all that stuff in in, the, in terms of an off-season, basically? Well, uh, luckily, um, I was actually working through uh, the whole COVID, so I was able to actually, you know, go out and, and move around and things. But I do know that for others, it definitely was a lot harder just because, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to go out there and go to the gym and, you know, put in work for a sport that we love. So um, I definitely (laughs) am thankful for, you know, being able to work during that time. However, you know, working out was definitely hard um, just because, you know, not all of us have weights in our house and we can't, you know, get prepared for something and we don't even know, when COVID is going to be over or if we're going to even have the opportunity to get out back on the field. Um, So for me, it was definitely, it was hard. It was hard mentally. Um, It was hard physically. Um, You know, the most that I can do at home was, you know, just uh, push-ups and sit-ups and things like that. There was nothing that I can do that would, um, you know, get me prepared or or keep me going uh, with football. So, yeah, it definitely it, it was very hard. I know a lot of the players on the 11 side are they were kind of grateful in a way because it it kind of gives them time time to be doing skill positioning, strength training, and also watching film more often, right? So everybody got a little bit more educated right. in terms of film time and study. So there were some positives behind it, you know. It's kind of like going back to the drawing board and just going on basics. Uh, but I think everybody oh, wanted yeah. to get out there and just hit and stuff. So I that's one of the bonuses, I guess, out of after COVID. If you want to call it oh, that, yeah. um, definitely getting, uh, definitely got the itch to to hit for sure. Uh, so now that we are uh, given the opportunity to get prepared for this and and move forward, um, I think a lot of women out there are going to be coming back a lot stronger and and ready. So, 
Bree, what, what do you say of your first season and a couple seasons here playing seven-on-seven uh, seven seven with, with the league? I know you've played 11s before. I believe you played 11s with the, the Thundercats, right, in in uh, Colorado before? Um, yeah. Was that correct? Uh, so I've actually – yeah. So I've uh, actually been playing uh, with the Thundercats uh, since 2012, actually, uh, before they were called the Thundercats. Um so it was a lot smaller at that time. Uh, I know we had uh, transitioned to different, uh, you know, like the IWFL and WFA. We mm-hmm. kept transitioning. Um, so I do have a lot of history in 11s. Um, it definitely was fun, uh, but given the opportunity to actually play for 7s, it's a whole new game. Um, it's very fast-paced. Um, it's just it's more exciting I think a lot of the players like the sevens because it's kind of like the elevated version of flag. So if you love flag, now now you're able to tackle. So it's kind of like a combination right, right. of both in a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. um, it opens the field a lot more, too, because it stretches the field. Um, it's closer to 25 yards. It's just a lot more more uh, fast-paced. Um, there's a lot of talented players in the, uh, in the former LFL that are now in X League and some of the veterans coming back as well. So... Uh, what is your anticipation for the reborn rush from the dream? I mean, in terms of a better success at this point, you feel like, or you got a better roster? What's your your take so far preseason here? Well, honestly, um, I will say that I'm very excited. Uh, one, because it's not the same as, as dream. Uh, pretty much a lot of the players um, have not come back. Um, so this is basically going into a, a totally different league um, a totally different atmosphere. We have uh, new coaching staff. Uh, we have new um, athletes out there. And just uh, from going uh, from practice to practice, um, I'm excited because, you know, the amount of athletes we have on there uh, uh, compared to, you know, the prior seasons with Dream, um, I do see uh, a successful season moving forward. Uh, Bree, it's a shortened season. Uh, there's only one home game, I believe, right? And there's only like, a couple games overall. Does that does that put pressure on you guys to just get you know get off the blocks with the with the big W? Is that something you guys are focusing on at this point, especially for the home game? Yeah, so we do have uh, two games. Um, it is you know it's we would like to have more more games, but it is definitely putting the pressure on us. Um, a lot of studying, uh, especially uh, for the other two teams, we have to study. We have to make sure that um, we are completely sound on our offense and our defense uh, to be prepared for those because we do want to come in here and we do want to, you know, make a difference in this uh, new season coming forward. Now, Bree, uh, your injury from, I think, 2018 uh, totally healed at this mm-hmm. point or – where are you at in terms of health-wise? Um, so I am uh, actually 100%. Uh, back in 2018, I did have a type 2 ankle fracture. Um, it took me, honestly, it took me eight weeks to recover. I was back on the field uh, towards the end of the 2019 season. Um, I wasn't quite 100% at that time. Um, however, I've been putting in work um, as much as I can and just and pushing myself and pushing myself uh, to get to this point, and I am 100% and ready to go. So are you going to be the same as before offense, or is the scheme different? I mean, we don't want to give away any, like, you know, secrets here, <laughs> but 
Are you going to be on offense, or are you playing both sides of the ball at this point? Um, I'm actually uh, going to be playing both sides of the ball, um, so definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I know you were more aggressively on the defensive side, but very impactful on the offensive side. Just a, You're just mm-hmm. like, a, what do they call that? Tough to bring down. So that's a, that's yeah. a bonus, I yeah. guess, for the rush. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, because you see your highlight films on, on the uh, LFL, you could tell that, you know, that, that it takes a lot for somebody to bring you down, especially when you're gaining speed. Mm-hmm. So you you're attribute that to your shoulders or what, to your legs? What's the, what's the uh, you know, the blessing, as they say, to, 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 for try, somebody trying to take you down? Um. <laughs> Well, I honestly, you know, I'm just very competitive. Um, I, you know, I just want, I want a touchdown, and that's my goal. Uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to get there, and uh, I'm going to push as hard as I can. Uh, and, you know, lowering the shoulder, obviously, uh, to hit people down. Um, and playing defense actually helps a lot because, um, you know, I know what to look for on defense. Uh you know, the lower person always wins. So um, I definitely, you know, I just, I like to hit and I like to run people over. So That's awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to see how this transition with the X-League goes. Um, I know the uniform is supposed to be altered in some ways to kind of have, you know, prevent more, uh, less less injuries as an example. Correct. So there's a lot of changes. Yeah. So all the fans are kind of excited to see, you know, what you guys are going to show up on the first first game out, right, in terms of the unis and, and all that stuff from the previous versions. Um, so the colors, uh, they look kind of uh, scary colors, right? Like the, oh, yeah. the aqua with the dark yeah. and then, I mean, it, they look kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, our jerseys are probably the best in the league. I mean, they're really cool colors. Um, so we're excited about the new uniform. Um I wasn't too, you know, fond of the uniform, uh, you know, prior seasons. However, you know, when you're out there playing football, you, you're just out there to play football. So, um, but going into this new season, um, I believe we're going to be having uh, different helmets, um, shoulder pads, and uh, totally different uniforms. So we are excited. Now the, the, the league will have the two games. So like I said, that's going to be a lot of pressure for a lot of teams. Um, I'm trying to figure out, how the structure is going to be for playoffs. I'm trying to just kind of figure that out. Like, okay, it's, if everybody's 1-1, one, one, are we going to go to point differential, right? Or are we going to go to a tiebreaker? Or, you know, what are we doing? Are we flipping a coin? <laughs> You're going home. Yeah. This sure. person's moving on. So it's kind of, yeah. I, I know, it's unique, in other words, right, to have a two-game season and have to figure out mm-hmm. whether how do you make the playoffs or how do you move on to, a, you know, to contend for a, a title. Right, right. Um, that, as far as playoffs go, I'm not quite sure how that is going to be ran. I do know the playoffs are the uh, double header, um, and August, uh, August 27, um, and then after that, there's going to be an X Cup. But I'm not completely sure how how that's going to be. Um, like you said, if you know, if there's a few teams that are you know one and one, so I definitely would like to see how that plays out as well. All right, uh, Bree, I'm going to throw it out there. Are we going to see Bree uh, Quintana in the WNFC at any point in your career? Uh, Maybe. No, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't planning on the WNFC. 
as of right now? So no, no, for now. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. I mean, they're a pretty pretty visible league, just like the X League in terms of visibility. So just thought thought I'd throw it out there. Maybe Denver Bandit in the future, that type of deal. Uh, could Maybe. be an asset for them too. <laughs> yeah, never know, right? So you never, never know. know. Um, <laughs> so that sounds good. Um, I saw on your post, not that we're trolling you or anything, but I saw on your mm-hmm. post. Uh, that you're go- going back into uh, fitness mode, right, for your um, off-the-football-field stuff. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that yeah, uh, decision. Sure. Uh, yeah, so um, I uh, so I actually, in 2013, um, I went to school for, you know, personal training and um, fitness instructor, uh, and I kind of stepped away from that after I graduated. Um, so I'm kind of getting back into that just because that is my passion. Um, I have competed in figure competitions. Um, I know a lot on sports. I've I've done a lot of coaching. Um, So I'm just getting back into uh, that industry um, and, uh, you know, excited to uh, teach some fitness classes and also do personal training. Uh, So I'm offering, you know, online classes um, or online personal training um, as well as local classes here in Colorado Springs. So, uh, definitely excited about that. Is there a link that everybody can go there if they're local or they're interested in maybe doing some virtual training uh, with your expertise? Yeah. Um, so I actually have uh, two. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. They can follow me on there and get information. Um, so it's actually called Shapia Fitness. Uh, my name is Bria, my full name. Uh, I go by Bria, but um, – I named it after my name or close to it. So it's called Shapia uh, Fitness, um, and that is on Facebook as well as Instagram. All right. Um, if you want to send me the link after, I can try to plug it in onto our uh, podcast post. That way, if anybody's interested, they can kind of dive in and get in more information, especially if they're going to be in that area in Colorado to get you, you okay. know, dialed up and, and get you set up that way. Um, Bree, uh, the changes in women's uh, football, uh, I mean, I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. WNFC on Vire or if you wa- have you been watching any of the games at all. Um, um, but, I have uh, you know, I They're making some nice throws. Yeah, if you get a chance, uh, you can download uh, the Vire app. It's, I highly recommend it. Um, it's pretty awesome football right now, and it's probably one of the most visible ones, just like uh, people are going to be watching you guys uh, on, on mm-hmm. the X-League you know, platform. Um, what do you feel about women's tackle football right now? You think it's, it's we're making strides to visibility uh, and get that middle level to get paid? Yeah, I, I definitely do. Uh, it's it's exciting to see, you know, because growing up, uh, we didn't have that opportunity uh, like we do now, and uh, women's football is definitely coming out more. Um, we're given more opportunities. I know there's a few women, you know, uh, getting their name out there, and there's some that have uh, even got scholarships, uh, stuff like that, and it definitely is coming out. Um, the X League is awesome. It's allowing, you know, the future of, of women and uh, being able to play at that high level of football um, and not have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars to to travel or, you know, for the equipment. Um, so it's definitely exciting, and I do believe that uh, it's starting to get big. 
Yeah, and I think everybody missed uh, X-League uh, because of the fanfare that the LFL had and then the disappointment that it didn't kick off as expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I yeah. think uh, we're somewhat a little disappointed in a way, but we're getting it at least a couple games to get the feel of mm-hmm. what it's going to be about. Hopefully we'll go back to what the, a four- to six-game format next season where it's going to be a little bit more intense and it gives everybody back uh, you know, into the into the fold of things. Um, yeah. So it breaks. What do you think of flag? Do you think flags are way into uh, getting more girls interested into either or, either X League or 11s, you think? Uh, I definitely do. Um, I know there's not too many, you know, tackle uh, football leagues out there for especially the younger generation. So um, given the opportunity to uh, have flag football, uh, for, you know, the younger generation as well as the older generation. But given that opportunity, um, that allows them to begin to get that um, that experience with football, um, which will actually help them in the long run uh, if they want to do uh, tackle football. So I definitely do. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, on, I'm with you on the expense part. I think a lot of times – uh, sets back a person to commit to a full eight-week season because of the fact that you got travel pays, you got equipment, right? You got to pay for insurance. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just like a lot more things that you have to do, more fundraising, right? Where in X League, right. it's, it's literally uh, that intangible somewhat taken away from you. So you're really just focusing on performance and and getting yourself, you know, ready for the season and just doing, you know, in the shorter field. Uh, I think the the one drawback I would say is that, you know, the arenas, depending on if you're playing in the arena, the one drawback is obviously the, the you know, the barriers on the sides that you have to get mm-hmm. used to and you have to be mindful of. I think that's probably the only adjustment. Right, right. So uh, as far as, you know, the barriers and the walls, uh, you got to, you, you would have to just look at it as that is uh, a way to help you. Um, so, you know, using the wall, um, and, you know, coverage um, on defense using the wall is actually beneficial. So um, I, I think it it is a positive thing. I know it's it's hard to adjust to, um, but it definitely is a benefit. Uh, Bree, are you on the arena side, the, the texture and the and the carpeting, is that are you using like non-skid uh, because of you know a lot of players in the past have said that they depend on their shoes that things get snagged and obviously there's injuries involved in that i do you have a special type of shoe that you're that you're wearing or is there something you wear specifically for that yeah so we uh usually just wear turf shoes on that type of flooring um it is more of a lower grade turf uh, so you wouldn't want to wear cleats on that. Uh, just, you know, like the rubber sole turf shoes uh, is actually what works best. Okay. And that and that's like a, more like a, just a football football shoe or is it more like a soccer shoe in that sense? Uh, it is more of a soccer shoe. Um, I do uh, think that, you know, in the future uh, they should – design some type of football cleat uh, or football turf shoe for that arena, specifically for that arena. Um, so, yeah. I think that's one of the drawbacks sometimes with the injuries. Uh, they get snagged on your foot. I mean, I've seen a lot of players obviously have 
knee injuries for that purpose or anything like that. So mm-hmm. kind of prevent if you have the right shoe on there. Um, right. All right. Anything anything that I did not did not cover or ask you that you want to disclose to your fans uh, as you get ready for the upcoming season with the Denver Rush? Um. I just, you know, I just want to encourage all the girls out there and women uh, in this sport um, to, you know, just to keep pushing and keep going uh, because we are definitely setting a a pathway for, you know, the girls behind us. um, And I definitely want to see this grow. And I want to, in the future, be in the stands, you know, uh, cheering on other women that are playing football professionally. Um, at the point where, you know, we don't have to pay uh, to play, you know, we're in there, we're getting paid for this to do the sport we love. So um, I definitely just want to encourage all the fans, um, encourage all the women out there. Um, if you love the sport, just keep going, keep pushing, keep investing in your future in football. And yeah, um, definitely won't regret it. So Brady, you get any messages, uh, you know, from uh, little girls and stuff like that uh, on your pages and stuff like that since you've been playing in the uh, LFL X League? Yeah, um, I actually, I do get uh, messages not just from girls, but also from uh, young boys. Uh, You know, sometimes they just, they want to shout out um, for their football teams or um, just, you know, words of encouragement. or sometimes, you know, even local, uh, they've asked me to come out and, you know, talk to the to their little league football team, um, just stuff like that. And it's it's exciting to be a part of that, um, and it's exciting to know that uh, we women uh, make a difference in the community. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear because you know a lot of times you get negativity or you get perp, perbs out there that just send you stuff and you got to block them and. You know, social media is just sometimes kind of a toxic cesspool. Yeah. So you have to kind of just, you know, take away the negativities and all these. Um, so we're looking forward to um, your debut in X League uh, for the new season, Denver Rush. Um, it's going to be a kind of exciting one home game, one away game. Uh, looking forward to you being a beast on defense and obviously a very impactful on offense. Um, so, uh, I don't know uh, about you, but we're, we're ready, ready to watch you, uh, you know, ball out in terms of the new season. Oh, I, yeah. I believe it's in what, oh, yeah. June, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm definitely excited. Um, like I said, I'm itching to hit. Um, I just I, I want to turn, you know, this the Denver rush around. Um, and, yeah, I, we I'm excited. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. Other people are excited, and, yeah. All right. We're going to be uh, keeping tabs on you. Uh, we, we are uh, chiming in to Lindsay Cash as well a couple podcasts ago. So uh, so between you and Lindsay and, and all the other superstars are in the X League, uh, looking forward to a great season, uh, two game set. That's going to be more intensity. I'm pretty sure we're all going to be very, very awesome, uh, excited to see all the, the action on the field. So, I really appreciate you making the time on your short schedule and everything that's going on with you, training and everything. So uh, good thing that you're back to 100% form and looking forward to seeing you on the field. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Bray, have a great night, uh, safe travels, and uh, we'll see you in uh, the week one when you're pl- uh, with Denver Rush. 
Thank you. Sounds good. Bye. All right, guys, that was uh, Bree Quintana, and she's uh, playing for the Denver Rush of the uh, X League. And uh, so she's going to be uh, debuting there. Uh, not really a debut because she's played for the Denver Dream, which is formerly of the LFL. Um, but she's looking forward to the new format, the changes with uniform. Um, she's also looking forward to get back on the field after this COVID layoff. And so, yeah, it was kind of unique in that sense. Um, and so I, I think she's going to make a really good impact, uh, kind of a team leader for the Denver Rush. And so uh, I think she's going to be great. Uh, we talked to Lindsey Cash with the uh, Black, uh, Black Storm, the LA Black Storm as well. Uh, so we'll be bringing on a couple more X-League uh, athletes in here to kind of preview the seasons as they come up. And so uh, looking forward to the debut here, I believe 60 days out. And then uh, we'll have Nate Ward kind of break it down for us as we get into the seasons. Uh, into the two-game slate, uh, two game slates, as she was talking about there as well. So it's going to be very exciting to see how she and the Denver Rush compete, uh, given the former tr- uh, track record of the Denver Dream. Um, so that's kind of uh, awesome in that way. Uh, don't forget, you guys, uh, go to the No Joke Football Shop as well, at powered by Zazzle, worldwide shipping. You can go to Zazzle, use the code uh, right there, Zazzle Thanks for 15% off. Uh, kind of excited to uh, get to see uh, the uh, Nevada Storm Trio in our No Joke Football gear this season, along with the rest of our athletes. Uh, you can check out all our athletes uh, at at No Joke Football on Instagram. Check out all our stories on Instagram right there. And speaking of Instagram, you can go to the uh, Gridiron Beauties page on Instagram. Congratulations to uh, Patty, my side of the LNFA champion. Barbera rookies who took down the Osas Rivas 50 to 19. Uh, also, shout out to uh, right there at the Great Iron Beauties Instagram page, um, Ida Handel and Nana Oliveville, uh, who are now going to venture into the WFA for the DC Divas in a couple weeks here. So, looking forward to chatting with them uh, and see if they'll come up to the podcast, kind of let us know about their experience in terms of Spain. Let us know about the uh, endeavor that's going to happen here with the DC Divas. Kind of be helpful. DC Divas uh, right off the block, 67 to six against Baltimore, and uh, D Scott. The return of D Scott was so impressive. And now you add uh, Nana and you add uh, Ida on there onto the squad. I'm pretty sure they're going to make a way more difference um, to see how they to see how they're going to be impactful in helping the Divas get back to. Um, the WFA picture in terms of the road to Canton. So uh, looking forward to see how they're going to be impactful. But congratulations to them for winning the LNFA Feminino uh, 2022 championship with Barbera Rookies. Uh, you can catch some of the highlights right there as well as the uh, the full games. It's going to be on uh, Barbera Rookies TV, and you can catch it right there on YouTube, Barbera Rookies TV on YouTube. Um, so it's pretty awesome. We're going to be going into the second huddle. And we're going to be talking to the talented uh, 2021 Game Changer Award winner and quarterback of the Mississippi Panthers, and that would be... Ray is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.
Don't forget, guys, go to uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Use the code NJF to get started. NBA playoffs, NHL, MMA. Use the code NJF, $5 free play. All right. We're talking to Regina Jackson of the Mississippi Panthers. Regina, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. How are you today, man? Regina, how are you doing? Thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. Are you there, Regina? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, hey, thanks for making the okay. time. Uh, let's talk about this game last weekend. Uh, what can you tell us about the game last weekend? I know uh, there's a lot of intangibles behind it, but what's your assessment of the game? Whew. Um, it was it was tough. It was very uh, very strategy field for sure. Um, everybody kind of had their their scheme going. Um, the defense was swarming for Kansas City. Um, our offense was trying to get it together. Our defense was actually swarming as well. Um, it was a really good game. I mean, I'm I'm disappointed that we lost, but it was it was definitely a great game. Regina, did you figure the D, the Kansas City DB as as good as it was at uh, you know up against you because they really were containing you. I mean, you had some rushes, but for the most part, um, you know, they were hindering some of your uh, normal uh, capabilities. Um, I, I think they did a very, very, very good job of uh, containing the outsides, uh, so to speak. Um, I I saw some areas where, you know, my back could have did some, some different things, but, you know, uh, they just had a really, really good plan, and they executed very well, and uh, they kind of kept kept me, you know, in the middle, somewhere I don't want to be, honestly. Yeah, I know there was, uh, when I was watching the film, uh, uh, were you having cramp issues and stuff like that late, later in the game? I think that was one of the concerns, <clears throat> I think, that we saw there as well. Uh yeah, in the in the first game in Houston, I ended up getting a um a helmet to my uh my my calf area on the outside mm-hmm. and I'm still not fully recovered from that. And just the the wear and tear and the constant, you know, moving around and and running as much as I did uh kind of took a lot out of me. <clears throat> so, yeah, I was having some some trouble with my legs. Yeah, um, I, I saw that, so I was thinking maybe it was cramps or something like that. But uh, I, now that we know that that's kind of a, a concern at this point, so I guess this bye week is going to be somewhat helpful in, in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, extremely, um, extremely helpful. Uh, did a lot of cryotherapy um, this week, and I'll probably go again later on um, this week as well because we went uh, Sunday. So I'm probably going to go again probably like two or three times this week and uh, next week as well. All right. Uh, first game out of the blocks, uh, pretty impressive victory on the road against Houston. What can you tell us about that game? You had a pretty good stellar game, uh, total team effort. Uh, I think the, the Houston D wasn't as potent as Kansas City, but you guys pretty much you know made, made your way there and uh, get the win week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I think with that game, um, the way that they played was was a lot different from the way that Kansas City played. They gave us a lot of things that we wanted, um, so that was the difference. Kansas City basically uh, gave us a look that uh, we weren't really used to, and uh, on top of that, they took away a lot of uh, the lanes. So um, Houston didn't really do a good job of taking away the lanes. That's that's why we were so successful in the running game. Now you had uh, some. Some uh, in and out. Um, you had the Aussie 
um, Amanda Housen, uh, substitute mm-hmm. in and out, had some pretty good key plays there as well. Um, so mm-hmm. there was opportunity there. So comfortable to know that you guys have a, you know, an actual backup that can actually fill in for a couple snaps. So that's really good for you, I guess, in a lot of ways. And then the running game uh, wasn't as good as it was against Houston, but I think that's m- maybe to, Im- to be improved, right? Um, to be honest with you, uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm really not looking to run. Um, I know everybody feels like I'm a I'm a running quarterback, but I, I definitely have an arm as well. Um, we just don't use it, and uh, I'm hoping that we we eventually, you know, open that playbook up to where um, I use less of my legs and more of my arm because I plan on playing for a long time, and if I keep sustaining and and getting all these hits, I don't think I'll be be able to last that that much longer in the league. So, I'm hoping that we can we can make some changes uh, to our offense. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably ideal and probably the better route to go. Uh, certainly, oh, yeah, don't want sure. to, you know, you don't want to be like crippled early, as they say. That's not a good sign. Exactly. Um, you feel exactly. like you feel like they just the lanes were taken away from you uh, from you in Kansas City because I know you have weapons on offenses on in terms of receivers so that's one of the keys um now you're going up against I think you're going up against Texas after the bye week so no no you guys right. are no strangers to what Texas is about not at all not at all um i think uh with 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 the the team that we have right here like uh this year we kind of set up an, a very good foundation to what we're trying to build with the Lady Panthers. Um, so I feel like every every step that we're taking um, is really a building block on what we're, we're trying to, like, achieve. So um, I just feel like, you know, I feel like it's going to be some good football. It, anytime you see the Lady Panthers play, win, lose, or draw, it's going to be some great football play. Offensively, you guys are uh, – week one was good. Week two, like, it's a little struggles. Uh, what do you think is mm-hmm. going to be the key – to uh, to be competitive with uh, the Spartans. Um, I mean, we're gonna have to be versatile. It needs to be. It needs to be. I'm not gonna say it needs to be fifty fifty, but I, I I feel like we're gonna have to to show people that we can pass, and we're not just a running team. Um, I, I think you know teams look at the the Lady Panthers and and want to just stop the run, and <clears throat> I mean I get it. <laughs> I would too, but I mean, we need to make sure we we can do both. We can do everything all around. So now, the, the some of the some of the uh, on, on defense, I think uh, the defense is much improved. Uh, big challenge, Kansas City as well for you guys, and obviously a challenge for Kansas mm-hmm. City being a offensive threat, like uh, you know, with your weapon, with your arm, and everything with the weapons. Um, I think mm-hmm. Texas is in that same boat. I think they they are obviously oh, yeah. really good on defense. I mean they're they're always mm-hmm. stout on defense, and Bushman's always really good. So it's going to be kind of an airing type of game, as to your point earlier, where you know you oh, have yeah. you'll have to air it out to, to take advantage of some uh, gaps and to score because oh, yeah. they score often. And so if you don't if you're not scoring often, then you're you're behind the eighth ball. Exactly, exactly. I mean we we have to. We're going to have to compete. I mean, and that's that's what we look to do every time we step on the field. We definitely look to compete. We we look to, you know, do what we do best. Um, and I think we're still trying to figure that out. I think we're still trying to put pieces in areas where we feel like they belong. So we're really kind of just trying to feel um, the offense out. The defense, they, they are awesome already. They are 
they are one already. Um, the offense, we're working on it. So once we once we get to that that area, we're gonna be we're gonna be just as good as our defense. Is the bye week gonna help in that transition? I know last year when you guys had a bye week, you guys had a lot of changes, made some adjustments, came back a little stronger. Um, I think this is probably kind of the same scenario here. You get a you know you get a, a bye between taking on you know the top dog in the league and see you know where you're at in terms of gauging it. So, but uh, I'm looking forward to that clash. I don't know if you're looking forward to going up against Brittany Bushman once again. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's always it's always good to go against people that you know have been in the league for a long time have been playing the sport way longer than you um you you develop that type of respect for other people because you know that's kind of where you want to be later so it's it's almost like a you know hey i respect you and everything like that but let's you know let's get it on you know because you you want to level you want to see where your talent level is whenever you play people like texas you know what i mean like you want to gauge where you're at in in the WNFC, like who are you? Like are you one of the top athletes? Or are you are you good enough to be in this league? And whenever you play those people, you want to you want to show up and show out. So that's what I plan on doing anyway. And I'm and I know my team is gonna gonna do the same. We're gonna play to the best of our abilities. Awesome. Um, uh, fourteen twelve. Uh, we were looking for you know bigger bigger scoring, but uh, you know shout out to Kansas City for keeping it close really contained, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, two-point loss, nothing nothing to, you know, cry about yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, it's just a regroup and get get back on the horse. So um, looking forward to, right. Regina, to see you up against uh, Brittany Bushman. Also, I'm pretty sure you're not looking forward to seeing Olivia Griswold, but she's probably going to be there too, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really plan on taking any licks from um, – um, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Griswold <laughs> at all. So um, we'll see if my elusiveness can stay away from her for sure. <laughs> I, I try to get things to make me angry. Those hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking forward to it. Um, I mean, you, you got a mixed uh, mixed team here. Uh, it's really uh, really mm-hmm. good. I mean, you guys three weeks out. I mean, you get that two two point loss. That's not a not something to kind of just you know go back and say, okay, we got we just got to regroup. It's basically just adjustments. And a, mm-hmm. a lot of it was really penalties, and a lot of it was just, you know, not somebody not making a play, uh, dropping balls. Yeah. It's just all the yeah. stuff that happens. So, you know, one one play could have changed it differently, right? Uh, red zone scoring or right. anything like that would have been went way different. So um, we're, we are right. excited to look, we're looking forward to after the bye week, uh, looking to see you against uh, Brittany Bushman, front and center on Vire Sports, as always. So uh, thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, heal up and looking forward to that clash. All right. Sounds good to me. Can't wait for it. Have a great night, okay? Thank you again for coming in. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, that was Regina Jackson of the Mississippi Panthers. Looking forward to the bye week after a 14-12 loss to the Kansas City Glory. Uh, shout out to the Glory for doing their part and getting that win. Uh, looking forward to the Brittany Bushman taking on Regina Jackson at against the Texas Elite Spartans. So Mississippi, Texas Elite Spartans. So pretty awesome. Let's bring in uh, Coach Terry Lister in the house here, and then we should be having Mark Simone here in a little bit. So Terry, uh, Regina Jackson getting ready to go up against the Texas Elite Spartans in after the bye week. 
Yes, sir. That's going to be interesting, man. Um, the last week, the only game that I was incorrect on was Mississippi losing to Kansas City. So that was a surprise. Um, I talked to Cam Reveal uh, from the Panthers, and he said they they have some some small small things they need to fix on offense. And so he doesn't sound like he's too worried. Um, but like you said, shout out to Kansas City for taking business, taking care of business on the road. It's it's, it's not easy to, you know go on the road in women's football and, and get a victory. And so hats off to them. But it'll be interesting to see how Mississippi bounces back, especially after a bye week against Texas, because like Regina said, um, playing a team like Texas really lets you know where you stand um, in women's football in the WNFC. It's a, it's a great lit, litmus test uh, for teams to see you know, how they stack up against the best. And so um, I have a lot of confidence in Regina. I have, a, I have a lot of confidence in the Panthers, um, but, you know, it's hard to simulate Texas. <laughs> and so um, hopefully they, they, they do better than they did last year in the playoffs. Well, she did say that uh, she doesn't want to get uh, Olivia mad. That's one of the people you don't yeah. want to come after, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's a force, man. She's like, um, you know, back in the day when we used to watch Lawrence Taylor coming off the edge where he mm-hmm. just was like sh- striking fear in people. I feel like Olivia is kind of that kind of player where she, you just always know where she's at and um, she just makes you feel uncomfortable. So <laughs> if you're thinking about her instead of the play, it's, it's, it's good for Texas. All right. We're going to have OG in the house in a couple of weeks here uh, to give us the breakdown of that game. So uh, we're mm-hmm. looking forward to that after the game breakdown and see how they handle the Panthers in that sense. Uh, Cause I know they're going on that. Um, uh, Mark, uh, let's let's dive into international, and then and then we got to just dive into everything WNFC and WFA. So looking for this these, this one hour extravaganza of uh, women's <laughs> football talk. So looking forward to that. Um, Mark in Spain, um, Nana Olivo and uh, Ida Handel uh, assisting Barbera rookies like they needed more assisting. <laughs> Monica uh, Scott out there and the company, so they take down the Spanish championship. So the Spanish Cup, 50-19 to 19 against Osos. Uh, Osos, obviously, you know, shout out to them for an impressive season, uh, second-year team and in the finals. So uh, shout out to the coaching staff and their players out there for making it to the final. Yeah, that's right. Um, this was their first title appearance ever uh, for the Osos. And uh, I'm sure they got an education. Um, I, I think we're all a little bit surprised to see uh, this, you know, kind of a lopsided store score in the final 50 to 19 in favor of the rookies. Um, you know, all of the um, previous match playoff matches were, were closer than that. So, um, but we do, we do know that the rookies are a very good team and they are very successful in the finals. This is their 10th league title uh, for the Barbera rookies. So that's a very, very impressive uh, victory. Uh, impressive uh, history behind the rookies. Uh, maybe they should change their name from the rookies. I don't know. They don't seem like they're rookies at playing football. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> True. They're just. Uh, I mean, they're they're the actually the Boston Renegades of Spanish women's football. Basically, they're just literally that good. They're, they're consistent year in year out. They're always at the top. So shout out to Barbera uh, rookies. Go to our Instagram. You can get uh, to see right there. Um, Nana Olivu and uh, Ida Handel, who are also, Mark, going to venture to the United States after playing in Spain. They're coming in to assist the 
DC Divas. Like, the Divas need help, Mark. 67-6, D. <laughs> Scott, what injury, right? And now they're going to come and help assist the Divas. So, I don't know. Cool. That's right. What a, what a life, right? Flying <laughs> from uh, all over the, the world, play with uh, uh, the top teams. So, that's great. So we'll see if they get a championship with the uh, Divas. Never know, right? The WFA Pro Championship, uh, that's like full circle for them. No comment as a Boston no Renegade comment. fan. Terry, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> I just threw it out there, Terry. Can you tell you? He's like, nope, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> not, t- not taking the bait. Not taking the bait. I <laughs> All right, um, Mark. What do you what do you say of uh, what do you say of this uh, pro uh, game uh, this weekend? I, I went through it at the beginning of the hour. Um, DC, uh, I, I mean Derby, falling to Capital City. But let's give let's give Capital City a shout out, right? Shout out to Capital City oh. for doing the doing the taking care of business. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that. Well, let me put it this way. All right, that area of sort of central Michigan has a very long history in, in women's football. Um, uh, there have been a lot of very good and competitive teams, you know, out of all those Kalamazoo, Flint, Lansing, uh, Grand Rapids. Um, but it's been a the long Detroit time. Demolition, been a- if we want to go all the way back. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and – you know, I think the the uh, Capital City Savages are, you know, making progress toward being the, the next, you know, sort of uh, uh, stalwart team from from that area, from Central Michigan, and they made quite a statement. Uh, they made explosive plays in this game to topple uh, the Derby City Dynamite, who were the 2021 Division Three champions, right? Uh, the 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 play of the game was the eventual game winner. It was a 78-yard catch-and-run for a touchdown by wide receiver Jessica Weeks, and that put Capital City ahead 12 to nothing in the first quarter. So that, that really must have put uh, the Dynamite kind of back on their heels. Uh, but the star of the game was uh, uh, Elizabeth Speaks for uh, the Capital City Savages. She caught a 28-yard touchdown reception on offense. She returned a 30-yard pick six on defense and led the Savages in scoring. Not only that, she rushed for 62 yards and collected a team-high five tackle solo, uh, uh, t- solo tackles, including one for a loss. So, on, you know, in all phases of the game, Elizabeth Speaks uh, just excelled and uh, really helped propel the Savages to a very big opening week win over the Derby City Dynamite, 30-8. to eight. Yeah, not to overshadow the rest of the games in the WFA, but that one was probably the one, right, Mark, that was stood out like, oh, okay, <laughs> Derby Falls. Yeah. It's like, okay, that was eye-opening. Yeah, definitely an eye-opening statement game. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a tough loss for, for Derby City, who's, you know, moved up now to Division Two, and they're, they're trying to make, uh, you know, their way forward. But I, I think overall for the league it's um, – so it's kind of an announcement that, you know what, what you what you expect is not always what you get, and uh, the Savages are definitely going to stake their claim uh, to uh, a, a playoff spot in the Division Three um, race for the title. 
Awesome. Uh, Mark, let's finish up international. So uh, last week it was Oro taking that big win. Uh, this week we have Division One, two games in Division One. It was uh, Vastura Rotors taking on Orlando Jets, and that was a snow game by uh, all means. Uh, when I saw the when I saw the still photos, I'm like, is that snow? Yes, it's snow. So they were playing in snow. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. For our listeners out there who haven't seen it, get to the hub. You got to see those pictures. It's uh, uh, pretty awesome to to see a snow game. Uh, we don't see it too often in in our spring league, um, only occasionally. So get to the hub, Bob, and uh, check out those photos of um, uh, Arlanda versus Vasteris over in Sweden. That was pretty cool. And then the other game was Nordkopen. The Panthers opened up their season with the offensive fashion, 52-20, to 20, taking on Linham uh, Griffins. So that's the two games right there. So three weeks into it, uh, we are going to week, what, week uh, three? right? And we're yep. looking for that big class. We're Carlstad taking on Orobro this coming weekend. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one uh, we're looking forward to. Um, the uh, top competitors from last season, um, we're going to see, you know, uh, Orobro already has a, a victory under its belt. The Carlstad Crusaders uh, haven't played yet. But they're starting their season, um, you know, with a very, very big game against Orobro. And we'll get to see the British sensation, Gabby Knobs, in action one more time uh, with Linda Johansson as well at quarterback so for Carlstad as well. So looking forward to that. Um, and then uh, in Mexico, Mark, uh, we already kind of mentioned it last week, uh, Pumitas taking on Raiders. Uh, it was a tough matchup, but the, the Pumitas do shut out the Raiders 13-0 to stay undefeated. Uh, shout out to Andy Romero, world, uh, all-world bronze champion, Andy Romero. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, congrats, congratulations. Um, yeah, the, the Pumitas have uh, already beaten the Mayas and they've beaten the Raiders now, you know, who look to be the only two teams that might have a, you know, uh, a shot at all of, of defeating the Pumitas. Uh, but as it is, Pumitas 5-0, and oh, uh, they kind of have a stranglehold in the top position uh, in FXF Mexico. Um, and now it's, you know, the other teams are just kind of vying for for a playoff positioning. So really uh, awesome. We've got some still photos that right there as well from uh, some of the games right there in Mexico. The other uh, league is Liga Elite Monterey. we got all the live streams right there at the hub, facebook.com for Sasquatch Beauties. You want to watch football, women's football, international women's football at that. Uh, you go right there to the hub, uh, Liga Elite Monterey. Uh, and what a, what a weekend, Mark. Uh, the, I believe the Ravens still up, up in the, at the top of the, uh, of the leaderboard. And so there's uh, four spots for the playoffs, and it's, it's getting to the point where the top two squads, we already know they're probably going to end up clashing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the Ravens at 5-0 and right now. Uh, in the Silver Wings at 5-0 and as well, uh, look to be the two teams that will probably square off in the final. Um, they're followed by Troyanis at 3-2 and two and Black Snakes at 3-2. and two. Um, it, lo- it looks, you know, the, uh, the playoffs look to uh, be competitive. It'll be very interesting to watch. And uh, FIBA Sports does a really great job of streaming those games on Facebook. Uh, so get to the hub, you know, find those games and 
and you will be entertained. Yep. Terry, you get to your nice little uh, donut box, and you're right there sitting out on this weekend. You can get to watch Liga Elite Monterey right there. Yes, sir. Like like Mark said, get to the hub, bub. And um, if I have any extra time after that, I'm going to catch the uh, the game in Denver. Nevada Storm's coming to Denver for a pretty big showdown, so see if I can catch that too. Okay, so I'm on the Storm bandwagon. Sorry, Win, but uh, I got three athletes on my <laughs> brand, and so I'm going with the MVP, Sarah Calangelo <laughs> and uh, Jesse Felker, and I'm also going with the the legendary Jasmine Plummer. So uh, go Storm. I'm all in, hashtag all, all in for the Storm this weekend. So uh, I think they, they're going to do well. And uh, I think Chris Garza is going to get them ready, Terry. What do you think? I couldn't agree more. Um, as you guys know, I, I've had Chris Garza on my podcast a couple times. And so I know him fairly well. And um, I've watched, you know, I've watched Nevada Storm in person once when they were in Denver playing for the D3 championship. I've watched the film when they played my former team last year in the playoffs. Um, and then I've also talked to Chris, you know, extensively about his team and how they run things and, you know, some of their incoming players this season. And so I kind of have a little bit more of an in-depth look than most people. And um, I'm just, I couldn't be more impressed with the organization as far as their coaching, um, the team, the buy-in, you know, their scheme, um, the young coaches, how they, they, they think creatively and keep you on your toes. And so I think um, the Denver team's going to have a hard time simulating that and being prepared for that. Um, but, you know, football's not played on paper, so we'll see what happens on Saturday. All right, Terry, let's get your assessment. Uh, if, you did, if you missed the game, DC Divas, a football on Facebook, uh, check it out. Uh, nobody thought that the Divas – or no, I didn't think that Baltimore was going to give up 67 points. That's just to be honest on that. But uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore apparently – isn't the same as last year, or Baltimore defensively is not really good. So I don't know what your assessment is, but 67 to 6, that was shocker. But shout out to Deja Scott for making her return after that, you know, severe injury last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Deja Scott's story is incredible. Um, Amanda Congiality also is recovering from an injury last year. And so, see all those those uh, ladies coming back and playing at a high level, which is really inspiring and awesome for the game. But like you said, um, and this is kind of my same answer for later on when we talk about Pittsburgh versus Detroit. When you have a, a, a matchup of two either top teams or, or teams that are at least both, you know, respected, and you see one team kind of blow out the other, um, it either means one of two things in my opinion. It either means that, you know, one one team isn't nearly as good as we thought they were, or not as not as good as they were prior prior year, like you said. Or the other team is just crazy good, like way better than we thought they were going to be, and kind of world beaters. And most of the time, it's a mixture of the two. And so, you know, obviously time will tell which one of those is the case. Um, but yeah, for DC to put that many points up, it looks like they're the DC of old, which is awesome for the league, awesome for WFA, awesome for WFA Pro and not awesome uh, for Pittsburgh and Boston. No offense, Mark. <laughs> no, I, you know, I actually disagree with you. I think it is very awesome for uh, Pittsburgh and <laughs> oh, okay. Boston to have a high level <laughs> competition. Okay. You know what I good, mean? Good, good. Um, yeah, I do. I, I, think, I think all the teams kind of crave that, and uh, it's, it's not, you know, it, it, it's less fun, I think, 
when your oh, yeah. main rival yeah, just isn't, isn't up to snuff on the field uh, mm-hmm. as they were last year uh, for a number of reasons. And, you know, obviously losing Deja Scott and uh, Amanda Congiali was, was definitely a hard thing to, to yeah. be competitive on the field. So uh, yeah. trust me, I, you know, I think everybody's happy that the DC Divas are, uh, have returned to form, so to speak. Yeah. I think this weekend's going to be great, right, Mark? Uh, this is the real test for the DC Divas. This is going to be uh, against Boston. We know what Boston's all about, but we don't know what Boston 2022 is all about. We know what the 2021 team is all about. So interesting to see how this, uh, you know, this is the staple rivalry in the WFA. So this is the game that we or will be watching for us in general on the podcast. That's the game that we're going to be watching. Not that all these games don't matter, but Terry, right? This is historic, right? This is probably the two best franchises since the existence of the WFA in terms of, uh, you know, historic significance. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, um, it's definitely what the sport is about, right? Like, we, we want we want to promote our sport at the highest level possible. And when two two teams are able to clash that are at the top of the sport, um, that's, like, like Mark said, it's a win-win for everybody because – the teams are, you know, the teams are challenged. They, they, you know, they can't just roll over the opponent. Um, they're forced to coach and to make adjustments to win the game. And um, for me, I mean, I'm like a kid in the candy store. Like, I've literally, you know, taken flights across the country just to go watch games like this in person. So if you're a true fan of the sport, it doesn't get any better. Mark, uh, we haven't seen the Renegades yet, but, um, it, you know, Cahill's still at the helm. We got a, a, some new pieces. That, that's what I hear from. So, uh, first look will be this week for us to see how Boston, you know, and if if, if Boston's going to be the normal Boston that we are accustomed to. Right. You know. You know. Teams change every year. Uh, it's just it's just a fact. Um, you know, Boston has been uh, lucky enough to you know maintain a core of of people on offense and defense from year to year. So uh, you don't notice the changes that happen over time um, in terms of being like less competitive on the field. So, uh, you know, Boston very been very fortunate in that, uh, in that sense. And, you know, I, I, I think this year, you know, it'll be the same. There's, there's going to be different people and there's going to be rookies who are on the field Um and a season is a process. Uh, and luckily, you know, uh, we get, you know, the Boston gets to face uh, the DC Divas twice during the regular season as it's become customary. And it's, it's almost always at the beginning of the se- regular season, at the end of the regular season, which is excellent for both teams because they can see how, you know, how they stack up, um, you know, across that period of time before going to the playoffs. So, yes, I, you know, definitely uh, this is a big game. Of course, this Boston's first of the season. Uh, Divas already have this uh, big, big victory under their belt. And um, it'll be taking place at St. James down in Virginia. So the Divas will have their home crowd. They'll have a lot going on, you know, a lot um, going for them uh, as they face the, the reigning champs, the Boston Renegades. 
Terry, uh, the other game we got to circle besides Boston, which we're going to be watching, um, it's going to be, I believe, St. Louis, Minnesota. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. it off air about how you know the coaching staff difference in St. Louis might be a difference mm-hmm. here against Minnesota. Uh, St. Louis barely mm-hmm. gets a fourteen to six win this this past week one. Probably not the same. Uh, and to your point, that's a big deal because it could the offense could be different, right? Things are changing, mm-hmm. personnel. And uh, Minnesota coming off the 55-0 to zero burger off uh, beating Iowa, which nobody, I think, was surprised that they were you know, going to get their first win against Iowa. Mm-hmm. But against St. Louis, what do you see there? So, great question. Um, like you said, I've already mentioned off air that I knew that uh, Rodney, the, co- the longtime coach of St. Louis, um, finally stepped down. And so I believe the other coach's name is Quincy. So he's kind of running things um, overall now for that team. And he's a very good coach. Um, and, and Roddy actually told me that Quincy has coached offense, um, I think on the high school level locally there in St. Louis. And so it's not like, you know, you have a defensive coordinator calling your offense and it's kind of going to be a rough road. So I wasn't really sure, you know, how it was going to look. Um, like you guys have said, every year, every team is different. From year to year, you have players drop off, players added. Um, players retire, players get pregnant, et cetera. So every year is different. But I was so curious how St. Louis would look without Rodney because I'm a huge fan of the St. Louis Slam. Um, I've you know interviewed Rodney on my podcast. I've coached against them. I've watched them in person. And so I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on their team. But I've never seen them without Rodney. And so this is the first time that's the case. And, um, you know, like you said, it was a close game against Columbus, which – Time will tell how good Columbus is this year. Um, but if I were to guess, based on just one game, um, I would say that St. Louis is, is not, as, um, not as dominant as they have been in the past. And so that doesn't bode well for the game against Minnesota. All opinion. right, Minnesota against St. Louis. Uh, that's the next matchup we have for WFA Week 2. Uh, Mark, uh, the other matchup we just mentioned, Malhai against Nevada. Uh, what is the other one? Oh, we have the the Battle of Florida, the, uh, the Tampa Bay against Jacksonville. Uh, Tampa Bay likes Boston first first week out. Jacksonville coming off that uh, very good win this past week, so that's an interesting game as well. Yeah, the 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 games between the Florida teams are always uh, always pretty interesting, and a lot of the time you you can't really predict um, what the outcome will be. The other game uh, on the slate uh, that we should talk about, obviously, it's going to be Houston Energy, Arlington Impact. So, Terry, uh, Arlington coming off this big win, Houston coming off the big win, both teams 40 burgers right off the bat. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. This will be a big test for both teams to see where they at. Yeah, Houston versus Arlington has always been a good battle. If you look at the history of those two teams, um, there's been times where Houston has won – Arlington's won by a very small margin. So it's always been – it's pretty much – well, I shouldn't say always, but recently it's, it's usually been a pretty good game. Um, what's the, what's, I'm not sure about is when I talked to the D.C. of Houston, um, he kind of mentioned that this year might be a, somewhat of a rebuilding year for them because um, of turn, player turnover and, you know, just some players not coming back or whatever the case is or playing for the teams. And so I kind of look for them to take a step back. But based on week one scores, it looks like 
you know, they're, they're on cruise control. So um, this would be a great test for Houston to kind of see what they're at because if they're able to beat Arlington or even hang with Arlington, maybe they can be a contender in D2. Um, but if they're not, then, you know, they're probably not going to be in the playoff picture. So really key game for Houston. All right, Mark, let's leave off uh, with Arizona, which is uh, the uh, champion, D3 champion. They're taking on Sun City Stealth. Sun City didn't play uh, too bad in week one. I think their uh, their competition, I'm looking it up here, I think they, they, they hang pretty well. So I think that's a, a, a plus for them. Uh, they're getting better and better each week. So And every season they've gotten a little better. So I, I'm assuming um, the Stealth is going to, somewhat make some noise, but I, I think uh, Arizona more than likely will be the, you know, deciding winner here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I kind of feel like, you know, the outcasts are a team that Sun City can get up for, right? Uh, that they mm-hmm. uh, can ro- rise to uh, the competition level of Arizona, really just based on um, the uh, phenomenal competition that they had last year. It was like uh, one of the highest scoring games uh, I've, in, in the WSA. I, I actually, I think it was the highest scoring game ever. And I forget the the, the final score, but it was, I mean, it, it was bananas. It was like, you know, some score in the 70s and to like 59 or 63 or something like that. It was, it was pretty wild. So well, all that to say, you know, we don't really know what to expect in this game. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's the best. Uh, and given given their performance last year and Derby obviously sliding in a little bit here, uh, the competition in D3 is going to be a little bit open. So like we said before, we usually don't start to pay attention to D3 until we get to like week six or seven as everything tightens up and we start to narrow down, you know, the competitors of who's going to, you know, make it to the finish line per se. So uh, we'll, we'll be keeping tabs weekly on certain key games. So if you guys want to get uh, all the info on WFA Weekend, uh, it's going to be uh, Week 2 Weekend as well. You go to WFAProFootball.com and you get the slate of games right there. Uh, let's move on to the WNFC, Terry. This is a huge weekend uh, for the WNFC. Uh, week 1 was very exciting. Your team right off the block, shocking the WNFC world. First game out, taking down Utah. That was really awesome as fans. We were really excited. So shout out to your bandits for getting that uh, that must-win, tough win against the, uh, the Utah uh, Falcons. But, uh, Terry, uh, you knew Utah was not going to just, you know, take the week off. They come back and 30-0, to zero, they take care of business mm-hmm. against Oregon. And I felt kind of sorry for Oregon because their defense was just getting killed all game and their offense was so anemic. It was not good. Yeah. I watched some of that game. Um, I wasn't surprised. I picked Utah to win. Like you said, um, I thought it was very unlikely to, to see Utah, you know, win two in a row, which they pretty much never do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by the outcome, but it, it's kind of unfortunate because it looked like Oregon was kind of playing them somewhat tough in the first half, and then in the second half they weren't able to sustain that. And so I think a, a huge takeaway from a coaching standpoint is if you're playing Utah and you want to beat Utah, you have to be prepared to play four quarters. If you're prepared to yep. only play them tough for one half, it's just not going to get the job done. And so um, that's just facts are facts. And so when I watched that game, I saw some, some injuries happen for Oregon at their key positions. 
And that, the, mm-hmm. unfortunately, their team isn't built up in a way that they can sustain that. And so that's why it got ugly. So, uh, I want to shout out to uh, Gertis, Murray, and Mile, which uh, kind of led that defensive front for them, uh, really, really sturdy out there. So uh, uh, Murray, uh, I mean, Kaneda Murray was one of the key players on there um, as well. But uh, what, do you, what do you say of Kiki uh, Peoples? You got uh, Gallica kind of in form, Mark, just kind of coming – kind of getting into a groove here. You got Jamison and Magana back in fashion. It's a, you know, in, in this game, uh, there were some issues at the end uh, with some, with some drop passes in the end zone. They could have been probably a wider margin, uh, things like that. But overall, St. James, uh, Magana and Jamison get the job done. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, in, in watching sort of several uh, games across both leagues this season, uh, you know, dropped passes have been somewhat an epidemic uh, in these games. And um, in in many games I've seen that, you know, it, a completed pass could really, really change the complexion of a lot of these games. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, take take a, a suggestion and, and really work on your hands, work on, you know, on your roots, uh, accuracy with throwing the ball because, it, it, you know, a lot of game, uh, outcomes of these games, uh, I think, have turned on basically incompletions. Um, uh, that being said, I definitely feel like Galica's uh, played a little bit more comfortably in this game, as did the rest of the, the Falcons' offense. Uh, the defense, who looked great in uh, week one, uh, continued looking very, very good. And, um, you know... Shout out to Holly Custis. And uh, Tina Absolutely. Stella. Absolutely, we love Holly, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I, and I think just the competition in the Oregon Ravens are, are just not, uh, just not quite in the same uh, competition level as the Falcons, and that's why you see this lopsided score. Uh, but I, you know, it's definitely good, I think, for the Falcons to um, get that win under their belt, uh, so they can uh, just move past their opening season loss. All right, uh, Terry, uh, Houston uh, was supposed to bring a lot of heat this season, and so far they have burned out. 47-0, they get, they get literally taken down by the elite Spartans, which we already know that that was going to be the result. You know, they didn't have a prayer technically. So if you're Houston right now, uh, Terry, what are, you, what are you working on at this point? Because uh, it's 0-2 for the season. Well, um, that was one of the games that I watched in preparation for this podcast. So I watched that in its entirety. Um, what I noticed was Houston has a really nice running back. She's pretty small. She's like around 4'10 or 4'11, but she's really good. She's, she's quick. She has good vision. She follows her blocks. Um, so she's tough. And then they have Keisha Smith, who's the sister of DeAndre Hopkins, um, a receiver. So she's, she's really solid, too. Quarterback can throw um, decently. I wouldn't say, you know, she's – lighting the world on fire, but she's, she's not bad. And so they have some pieces, right? And they have some players on defense that can make plays too. And so it wasn't like one of those games where, you know, every time Texas hikes the ball, it's a touchdown. It wasn't that bad. Um, I, I saw some plays where Houston's secondary made some plays on the ball, you know, forced incompletions for Bushman, especially early. So I was impressed by that. But um, what, I, what I noticed from that film is, Texas, Texas's starters are an all-star team on offense and defense. So, unfortunately, 
you're literally playing <laughs> like, uh, you know, women that went to go try out for Team USA, you know, women that have played for Team USA, um, True. former all pros, et cetera, et cetera. So playing that, like that many all-stars at once is just brutal for any team, um, especially a team like Houston who's still like, you know, building up, you know, being a competitive team in the league. And so, like you said, it's hard. It's, it was predictable. It's, it's hard to do. Texas is Texas. Um, but I think the only silver lining I saw in that film is that when Texas put in their backups, when their score got out of hand, um, their backups weren't nearly as good as their starters, in my opinion. Um, and so that's, that's the silver lining. <laughs> Texas has, um, you know, backups that are, that are mortal like the rest of us. And so that, that at least we have that going for us. Seriously, I know. I was watching that game, too, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, they're staying somewhat competitive, but the, the score is, like you, like you said, Terry, doesn't reflect it. I mean, they, it wasn't like they were right. playing hard, right? It wasn't like they were giving yeah. up their all. It's just unfortunate yeah. that it just looks – it doesn't look as good when you're taking up, like I said, <laughs> taking up a juggernaut like you do Texas at this point. Um, Mark, uh, just talked to Regina Jackson here, uh, and she's obviously disappointed for that two-point loss. She gets the bye week. Uh, and she will get to see these Texas Elite Spartans in a bye week. So uh, kind of similar, similar scenario, but I think she's up for the task. Yeah, you know, it's kind of tough going into the bye week with a loss, um, and it doesn't make it easier when you know that your next opponent is the Texas Elite. Um, but, you know, I, sometimes you've got to make lemonade out of lemons. Like that loss <laughs> that Mississippi took to Kansas City, you know, mm-hmm. it – it gives them a lot to think about in over this bye week, and you know it, it could, it can I think help them actually going into this game uh, against the elite uh, because you know they they can focus on their own own selves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not just going to be sitting there worrying about what the elite are going to do, right? They need to work on their own issues and just improve themselves, and I think that can really help them going into this game. Uh, in two weeks. Mark, what do you say Kansas City? Kiki Blackman, uh, what a turnaround here, especially after, you know, taking on the elite Spartans. This uh, uh, Kansas City D, to me, is is for real. Offensively, I think uh, uh, Crouch is still working her, you know, her her state there in terms of offense uh, in that sense. Uh, But Matty Rosa's, man, Matty Rosa was like a a missile out there all, all over the field. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, compared to the first game that Kansas City had, I, I mean, it was really hard to see um, what Kansas City has on their team. But in, in watching this game against Mississippi, um, yeah, I, you know, you saw the bright spots, and, and there are quite a few, all right? I mean, their, um, their defense and special teams particularly uh, shined uh, against the Panthers. Um the the defense, I mean, they methodically pushed the Panthers further, further back into their own territory, you know, mm-hmm. after, over the entirety of the game, uh, in both halves, and that gave their own op- uh, uh, own offense opportunities to score. Um, uh, Lauren Crouch, you know, she was she was very good throwing the ball. Uh, she hit receiver uh, Laura Guscott for a fourteen yard touchdown strike. Uh, in the in the second quarter, um, and 
then opening the uh, the second half, uh, Crouch went four for five on a 45-yard draw and, and passed for 45 yards on the drive that um, ended with this really amazing one-handed uh, catch by uh, Caitlin Easton, which went for a, a touchdown. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, we saw – I think we, we got a better look at who Kansas City – is you know they were they were tough on defense they they, they shut down that that running attack of uh, the Mississippi, Mississippi Panthers and um, you know 14 points is a lot not a lot of points but it, w- it was enough to win the game um, and it was a very impressive defensive showing uh, by Kansas City uh, just uh, to illustrate that um, Julia Shropshire the Panthers running back who last week ran for 140 yards and two touchdowns was limited to only 26 yards over the entire game. So, you know, uh, in Virginia Jackson still finished with 126 yards and, and, and two touchdowns, but to shut down Shire like that was, was pretty impressive. And you're right. Uh, you know, Maddie Rosas, Tanika Burns, Sierra Childress, uh, Christian, Krishna Lee, they, they seem to be in on every tackle. And, uh, and players like uh, Cassidy Snowden and Thyrita uh, Capello, and they led the team in tackles. Uh, Capello got a sack. Jandowski got a sack. Uh, Patricia Stevens had an interception and two pass elections. Whitney Brown had a fumble and uh, a fumble recovery, and she blocked a kick. It was a total team effort on defense, and I, I think that's kind of the identity of this Kansas City squad. They just need to find a way to score more points uh, than they've scored so far in these first two games. Terry, uh, if you're if you're the glory, if you got a D, uh, you're halfway to beating the Texas Elite Spartans, right? Because if you can find somewhat a productive offense, you might be able to score some points on the next next matchup against them. Well, that might be a stretch, Oscar. All um, right, there you go. I mean, <laughs> like you said, they're I'm playing Texas. I'm trying to make feel good, Terry, but you just kind of yeah, like, oh, well, well, no, let's not go there. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm not good at lying. Let me just put that out there first. And um, you know, I, think, I think Kansas City has a lot to be proud of going on the road and beating Mississippi. Uh, they beat them fair and square, like, like Mark said, 14 to 12. And so that's a really good kind of a, a statement win for them. Um, playing Texas is just a different animal, just like it's the same thing playing Boston and WFA, different animal. And so, you know, we'll see how that goes. But um, like you said, I, I think my team, Denver Bandits, we have a, a similar issue. Our defense is playing pretty well, and we just need our offense to help them out. You know what I mean? So um, one of my biggest takeaways in women's football in general is if you want to be one of the top teams and play against Texas and Boston, et cetera, et cetera, you have to be able to score points. And when I say score points, the answer isn't 10 or 14. You know, um, D.C. scored, what did they score, 60 or 70 points? Um, 67. You're able to, yeah, if you're able to pile on points like that and score on the ground, in the air, you know, just a dynamic offense that can just pour it on, that's when, you're, that's when you can play against anybody, um, especially if your defense is good. So um, you just have to get there. So us in Mississippi and Kansas City, we're all trying to figure it out on offense. Hopefully <laughs> we'll see how the season goes, but it's, um, 
it's just everybody trying to catch up to where the, these top, top teams are at. I can tell you right now, uh, watching the, the Bandit and Vegas game, I can tell you right now, I understand why Coach Lee was angry and pissed off because <laughs> they were just, yeah. like, killing themselves in the last series to try to win the game. You know, the roughing the passer call get, they get, the third and three, uh, they, they stop it, it. You know, and penalties here and there. I mean, it was just frustrating. And give credit to Denver on the last – you know, the last couple, you know, snaps there because they did their job, you know, to penetrate and to stop it and to do it. But overall, I think Las Vegas made a lot of mental mistakes and where they had opportunities to do something with it. Um, for your, for Denver, I, I really think Tagaloa is coming into her own. Uh, Shillingsworth, if they can get that combination going, you know, um, mm-hmm. and you also have, uh, I can't remember, uh, 85, I think I wrote down, which is a, a yeah, specular. Alyssa Speckles, she she's a transfer from yeah, St. Speckles, Louis. Yeah. yeah, so Speckles is it's very 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 elusive as well. So you got to you know if you mm-hmm. can get Shillingsworth, Speckles, and Tagaloa on the same page, I think uh, that solves your scoring you know issue in a lot of ways because I think uh, your run game is very effective with uh, you had a uh, Lewis, Lewis as well, and then you also had um, uh, what's the other one? Um, um, I'm trying to remember when, the name when here. Number nine. Son, there you go. Yeah, Lewis yeah, Son. So if there's a balance. If you can get the, if you can work out the kinks on offense, uh, there are playmakers there. Uh, you also have Carmali at the tight end. There's, there's things to be worked on uh, for Denver to really, like you said, maybe uh, uh, be be more competitive in terms of a scoring aspect. But shout out to the defense. Yeah. Uh, the Bandit defense two weeks in a row has saved your hide in terms of losses. So I mean, I hope I, I hope they're getting burgers. And I hope they're getting shakes, and I go. I hope they're getting some sort of reward <laughs> for all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like you said, they've given up six points uh, both games, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make the argument that both of those games could have been shutouts, you know, if a couple of things go differently, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can make some improvements as a coaching staff. And um, the, the biggest point is just, you know, you can't ask – your defense to bail you out every week. And so our team knows that our offense knows that. And so it's just a, a matter of our offense catching up to our defense. So we're, we're all playing on a, an elite level. And so hopefully we, we can get there. We have a bye week this week, which I think helps. And then we travel to, yeah. to uh, Oregon. So, yeah. And I think it, I think that's the key. Like you said, you just mentioned it, you know, if, if you can get that side of the ball going, uh, the other side mm-hmm. stays as, as, as it is. Uh, I think that yeah. that's going to be more effective in that sense. Um, Mark, my legends are becoming legends. Well, not so much. They took on t- took down Phoenix, which uh, Phoenix made a lot of mistakes and penalties and stuff like that. So, uh, but shout out to uh, Dana Rangel and the and uh, uh, Donna Syke out there, our Norja football athlete. Twelve zero, LA Legends, one and one on the season. Uh, pretty cool. They could have been they could have been two and zero oh on the season if they had taken down Vegas, Mark. So uh, very promising for this squad so far. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of ironic to uh, to feel like that, you know, you know the 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 team that lost in the first week, L.A., you know, losing to Las Vegas. That I, I felt that was more impressive than uh, getting their win this week uh, against Phoenix uh, by 12 points. Um, that game against um, Las Vegas was, you know, definitely one of the most exciting games. 
uh, of the season so far. Um, and they were very impressive in the way they came back toward the end, you know, after a Las Vegas had uh, built up a, what, a two-touchdown lead. Um, mm-hmm. But this game against, you know, the, you know, the Phoenix Prowlers haven't been uh, particularly impressive throughout their um, recent history. And um, I, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that the margin of victory wasn't a bit bigger. So I, I, I didn't I, – I unfortunately have not watched the, that game yet, so I have yet to see the film to see how it all shook out. But I would have expected a, a little bit of a bigger win for L.A. It's penalties, Agreed, Mark. Mark. Penalties, but penalties on both sides, that's the, the key of the game right there. It was just a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that hindered a lot of stuff. So, um, Mark, the prodigy for real, and we will know if the prodigy is for real because they're taking on what? the elite Spartans. So we will see how real this prodigy team is taking on Texas. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Washington is very impressive uh, over the first couple of weeks. Um, and this week, uh, the prodigy scored touchdowns on offense, defense, and special teams to just absolutely obliterate the Philadelphia Phantoms 41 to nothing. Um, which mm-hmm. is really a, kind of a stunning outcome considering the team split two close games last season. So, um, so this was a little bit of a surprise. Um, the start Different of the game quarterback, was, because I think the prodigy quarterback changes offense. The offense, prodigy offense, I think has uh, gone to another level, where the defense, I think, was was is somewhat still there, right, Mark? But I think the offense well, pulled right. it up a notch. I, I mean. Yeah, Ashley Clark, uh, the quarterback, was, you know, was outstanding. Uh, the play of the game was when she threw an absolute dime into double coverage and connected with uh, wide receiver Casey Hilliard, who took it to the house uh, for, like, a 79-yard touchdown. Um, and Hilliard ended up finishing with over 100 yards receiving. And um, Clark finished 5-9, which is okay, you know, to be over 500, that's good, uh, with 130 yards passing. So that deep passing game, that, that gives a whole new element to uh, Washington's offense. Um, they've shown that they can throw the ball. You can't just, you know, stack up in the box to stop the run. Um, they, you know, they're a multi-dimensional offense. But and that being said, their rushing game is still very strong. Uh, Jasmine Popeye Ballard rushed for three touchdowns. So uh, she was also outstanding. But, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, this is the second shutout in a row for for Washington. Um, so definitely dominant on defense so far. And as you say, we'll see really, you know, just how competitive they're going to be against the top dogs of the league in the Texas Elite. So, uh, Terry... Uh, San Diego, 41 burger as well against Seattle. Uh, Seattle's got problems. That's all I'm going to tell you about it, Terry right now. Seattle's got problems, and they're burning yeah. their defense pretty bad. Offensively, they're very – they got problems. All I can say, I've, I've watched the film two weeks in a row. They're not going to get it done, and San Diego defense is right there. San Diego defense, you know, you could put it up there with anybody else right now in terms of the league uh, up, at, up at that mm-hmm. level. Uh, offensively. Uh, they, they're pretty talented. They put up the scoring. And on top of that, they were missing 
Regina Escoto. If they get Regina Escoto next week, if Regina Escoto was in this game, I think this would have been a 67 burger. Because it would have been that. She's so talented in that sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I picked San Diego to win this game. When I had the uh, head coach of San Diego on my podcast, he, he mentioned how they've had a great retention rate from last season to this season. I think it's around 90%. So if they were able to go to the championship last year against Texas and they were able to retain 90% of those players, that already lets you know how, how good their core is, right? And um, we know that Seattle kind of struggled last season. They had low numbers, and um, they had a hard time, you know, through this, they had some key injuries early, and then they, they, it was hard for them to be competitive going forward. So for this game, I wasn't sure, like, like we've said, every year is different with teams. I wasn't sure. I was hoping, you know, Scott, Scott McCarron's a good friend of mine. I was hoping that Seattle would uh, be returning to, to previous form this season, or at least in that direction. Um, but this, this game doesn't bode well, of course. So it's hard to say without watching the film, was, was there key injuries? You know, I know that Seattle's had a hard time throwing the ball so far this year. And so, like uh, mm-hmm. Mark said, being able to throw the ball and run the ball just makes you way harder to guard uh, as far as game planning. And so, you know, like you said, Seattle has some stuff to figure out. Hopefully they're able to bounce back, though, some more room for them. I really think it's depth on their end because, like you said, mm-hmm. to, to get through the eight-week season, and if you're having injuries mm-hmm. and you're not, you don't have enough depth, that's going to hinder you right. a lot, especially in the Pacific. Yep. Uh, everybody in the Pacific is not friendly. Everybody in the Pacific is brutal. <laughs> Denver's brutal. San Diego's brutal. Las Vegas, right? <laughs> Even L.A. now is brutal. So, like, the top yeah. five, four teams in the Pacific, I mean, nobody's going to – come in and, and feel sorry for you, in other words. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Utah's, Utah's brutal, too. So no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right like, there, what I'm saying is the top off. five in the West, <laughs> nobody nobody cares. When they come in, they don't care if you're a wounded, oh, you know, sure. you don't have death or anything. <laughs> They're just coming in to get their win and get out. Um, so it's very tough. Um, uh, Mark, let's finish up with – we talked to Molly Richardson last week. She was very optimistic uh, against Alabama and uh, – that went pretty bad after two quarters. So, Alabama, yeah, you know, I, yeah, we we talked. Uh, you know, a, after after the uh, interview wrapped up, we continued talking about uh, you know the Avengers' chances against the fire. And I think you and I both felt like you know the Avengers, you know, had a chance to uh, be in this game. And uh, to a degree, we were right. They were they were in there, you know, for the 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 first half. It, it was close. But in the second half, the, the fire just, you know, pulled away and um, Florida couldn't respond. Uh, and just to echo what Terry, Terry said just a little earlier, you know, you've got to be prepared to go all four quarters. They're going to win a game. And, um, you know, I, I, had, I haven't watched that film closely, but, you know, the, the fire just, just pulled away in the second half. And um, so, unfortunately – for the Avengers, that that was another loss. But you know, at least they did put six on the board, um, and you know, in a in a pretty close game. Um, so that's that. All right, so guys, we're going to wrap up three now. Preview of what we're going to pick for uh, our TL uh, TL uh, rankings are on some of the group boards. So take a look at T, uh, uh, Coach Terry's rankings. I think they're pretty nice accurate. Job. Uh, the bottom half is pretty accurate. The top five, I think you can debate, right, Coach Terry? And six to ten, we'll mm-hmm. kind of 
kind of even out themselves in another couple weeks. So uh, so check yeah. out Terry's rankings, unofficial WSC rankings. Let's just go there now. It's right. just for fun. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of give ourselves. Nobody's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And WSC kind of like a gauge. Right. right, kind of like a gauge as to like, you know, for, for just to get it to get something done, right? Kind of like the NFL does yeah. with the weekly rankings. So this is kind of like a nice fun yeah. thing for us to look at. So if you guys are sure. WNFC teams, uh, it's something that we're doing here just to get interactive with everybody and kind of start a conversation. So uh, overall, I think, uh, you know, the, the numbers won't lie because math eventually evens out to Terry's point. So eventually by week eight, we'll figure out where everybody falls and lands. So currently everybody's in a, in a shuffle in a lot of ways until you get to that stage. Um, let's go, Terry. Let's do this. Uh, your uh, – team that you just beat Vegas takes on Seattle uh, I'm taking Vegas I'm assuming you're probably taking Vegas that's correct okay Mark are you taking Vegas yeah Las Vegas all the way all right um, Mark uh, pre a pre-test before you get to the big juggernaut the prodigy taking Atlanta Atlanta's got the uh, what a bye week before this they're getting ready for the prodigy this should be a dogfight. Uh, I will be shocked if, the, if Prodigy continues to put up 30 points or more because Atlanta offensively has not been able to score that high, and this would not surprise me, in other words, if Washington somehow comes out with the big 30-burger uh, you know, or more. Right. Um, you know, I definitely think this will be a dogfight. I know that Atlanta is going to be fighting really hard, um, and uh, they're hosting, so they, they get home clear. Um, but I do think Washington will prevail. Uh, but to your point, you know, I, I think it'll be a competitive contest, and I think the prodigy will will probably score no more than, you know, maybe eight or ten points more than than Atlanta will. Terry, are you going Washington too? I am going Washington. I'd like to add one more thing, if you don't mind. So Washington has been very impressive to me this season. I think they're the, be- the second best team in the East behind Texas. And um, what I'm also impressed with is Atlanta beat Alabama 7-0 in week one. So if you know Alabama and you watch any Alabama film, they have a young lady by the name of Kelly Smith that is mm-hmm. severely difficult to keep out of the end zone. So the fact that Atlanta was able to keep Kelly Smith and the rest of Alabama's offense out of the end zone for an entire game is mind-blowing to me. So since they did that, that makes it interesting. So now we know Atlanta's defense is good. How good? Washington is going to answer that question this week. So I can't wait. Perfect. Um, Mark, Alabama uh, taking on the Heat. Heat haven't had any Heat so far. I'm thinking Alabama is on a two – this will be a two-game win streak for them after that loss against Atlanta. So – I'm thinking the fire wants to go back and get get in form here, especially if they're going to go into the playoff mode. I agree. You know, um, they took a loss in the first week, but bounced back in the second week, and they're you know figuring it out. And I, they're not fully back to form yet, but I, I you know I think a game against the Houston Heat is um, going to help. You know, that's a team with a you know. Uh, fairly, you know, as Terry said, a fairly decent running game. So they'll provide some competition, but I, I, I think that the Fire are going to uh, going to win this one. All right, uh, Terry, uh, 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 this is two teams going in the opposite direction. 
Florida, two weeks in a row, can't figure out how to put points on the board. Philly just got mm-hmm. crushed by Washington. I mean, who wins? That's literally the question. Who's who's up for the W here? Yep, so I have Florida. I have Florida winning their first game of the season. Um, and the reason that I say that is because the they actually, even though the season just started, these two teams have something in common, and that's that they've both played Washington. So in those um, – in those games, the uh, margin of victory, they were both similar in that Washington t- took care of business, but the game was a lot more competitive versus Florida versus Philly, and so that's why I'm going with Florida. All right. Mark, are you taking Florida too? Yeah, that's a pretty astute observation, and, um, you know, I, I am going to go with Florida. Um, the, uh, if you add on the fact that they're going to be hosting this game, and yeah. – you know that's a long that's a long way to travel to that. I mean that's a plane trip. So yep. you know how many of the phantoms are going to uh, be there for the game? Um, I think that gives Florida a good chance to get their first victory of the season. Okay, we're all in agreement right now. Um, so I am San Diego <laughs> Rebellion, LA Legends. Uh, I I'm sticking with my LA Legends. Sorry, Ninja Martin, but uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say upset here. I think Mia got the Legends. Can pull one out here? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I just, I got to go with SD, I guess, at this point, because, you know, they got, the, they got the D, uh, and so far, I, I've been very impressed by their defense. Um, so I, I, I could not say, not take. I mean, as much as I want to take LA, in other words, uh, I got to go with San Diego. So far. So you're saying there's, there's a limit to your homerism, is what you're saying? Oh, there's a reality LA. check. I'm just teasing you. Like my Lakers, there's a reality. Yeah, (laughs) I'm taking San Diego for sure. Mark, is San Diego too? Yeah, taking San Diego. As I said before, you know, I was definitely concerned about, um, you know, the uh, anemic number of points that uh, the Legends put up against Phoenix. So, um, you know, if that had been a different outcome, then, you know, I might uh, consider an upset alert, but it's it's San Diego all the way. Yeah. All right. So we all have the same uh, – same. nobody's different. <laughs> so I guess that's good in a lot of ways, and it's bad in another way. So we, we're all taking Alabama. Uh, we're taking Washington. Uh, so uh, I guess we're – uh, Terry, I guess we're praying for LA to get the upset, and we're praying for Atlanta to pull an upset here this week. I mean, that's I mean, the that only game that I can think of, right? Yeah, it would make it would make it interesting. I did my picks earlier this week, and the only one that I had a hard time with was Florida versus Philly, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So once I figured out, I, d- I dug a little bit deeper and figured out they had a common opponent. That kind of helped me out. But the, I think the rest of the, rest of the games, um, I feel pretty confident about the picks. So. I'm not surprised we have a lot of mutual picks. All right, so Todd Jones and Molly, uh, Molly uh, out there, they they got to get it done, right? And if you're LA, this is this is what uh, California rivalry, right, Mark? This is it. This is what you want. That's right. I mean, if you want to win, California. One, you know, yeah, this is this is the one to win. If you're the legends, boy, it could just, that would definitely turn things uh, turn things on its head. L.A. San Diego. That's a, that's a rivalry that needs to happen. All right, guys. So I encourage you, Vire Sports, right, Terry? Go see 
San Diego, Los yes, Angeles sir. this weekend. We need Washington, Atlanta is what I'm circling. Not that everybody else doesn't matter, but it's going to be Washington, mm-hmm. Atlanta, and L.A. Uh, San Diego take on my, uh, my legends there from L.A. So I'm looking forward to those mm-hmm. two games. And I'm, I won't be surprised if Philly pulls the win either, technically. I, I wouldn't That's be surprised true. because you know, hopefully they, you know, they want a big road win. But uh, it's, it's basically Molly uh, Richardson's game to lose. They gotta get they gotta get on the W here soon at some point. So this is a perfect game for them too to get on the win. Uh, Las Vegas, right there, Las Vegas. You know, a rebound game. I think uh, Dion Lee uh, Terry is not gonna be a happy camper after that loss to Denver. So I feel bad yeah. for Seattle already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh man, I could I could talk for an additional hour about how I felt about that Denver Las Vegas game, but. I think, like you said, um, there was a lot of a lot of mistakes on both sides. Um, mm-hmm. Both teams kind of sh- shot themselves in the foot in that game, and um, it, the game could have went either way. So I feel like Denver is somewhat lucky um, two weeks in a row to come away with, with with close victories. And so I'm just praying that we get it figured out on offense, so we don't have to have distressful games going forward. Because defense is playing well, uh, but offense just needs to catch up. Which is is interesting because it's you can say that for several teams. You know, you can say that for Kansas City, Mississippi, Denver. Um, so we're all trying to catch up yeah. to those those top teams like San Diego and Texas and Washington. So hopefully we can. All right, guys. I hope it's entertaining. Two hours of the show, one hour devoted to uh, women's football. Uh, we've gotten positive feedback. So shout out to Mark. Shout out to Terry. Shout out to Mackenzie, Nate, myself. Uh, we're, we do our research. We try to be as ob- objective as possible, and we also try to, you know, do our homework. So I hope everybody appreciates it. But looking forward to week three in the WNFC. Looking forward to week two in the WFA. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, Mark Simone's Boston Renegades showdown with the DC Divas this weekend. Mm-hmm. So don't miss it. That should be the game of the week in the WFA. Um, and then uh, the road to Canton. So don't forget to miss that show as well with uh, Brian Sweeney and company, and then uh, catch all the games on WNFC uh, football and on Vire Sports on the Vire Sports app. So uh, for the absent Nate Ward, Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks, Terry Lister here, Oscar Lopez, and the faculty coach Mark Simone, we'll catch you here at 421 for the recap of week three in the WNFC. Have a great night, everybody. is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.